I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of The Cast Next Door. I am Darren. I am the producer and editor of these first four episodes. This week we had Spencer was our host and he did a great job. And he had his two guests, Nicholas Healy, who some of you may remember from A Talking Cast, and our new person, or I was about to say new boy, but I don't think that really sounds appropriate. But <laughs> uh, the new guest this week was Park Parkinson, and I have him here now. Hello, Park. Hello. And I just wanted to talk to you very briefly uh, about your experience recording this podcast uh, and your thoughts on, on the film that we're covering minute by minute, which for those who... I'm assuming already know is the boy next door. Uh, so yes. uh, if you, you know, if you want to, if you want to briefly tell me about how you felt recording the podcast and you know, how enjoyable or terrible the experience was. I was a very enjoyable experience. I've, I found it to be a surprisingly enjoyable movie. This is only the second JLo joint. I guess it's a technical term that I've seen. Uh, the only other movie I've ever seen with JLo was, uh, was the cell which um, really you haven't seen out of sight or you haven't seen u-turn i no, nor jersey girl uh or i mean i would, jersey girl isn't in the same category <laughs> as out, out of sight and and u-turn but those are her t- i i would say that, that those are her two best films next to this one because actually the, i think her performance in this film is you know extremely committed i i agree i just one of the things that's i i um i have seen ants uh which she was a voice in ants um yeah. which i i really liked yeah i i thought she did a very good job i thought she was committed is a good word she's very committed and it was interesting to see her looking so um domestic uh, so I'm trying to avoid using the word MILF, but I'm just going to say it. Um, sort of yeah. classic, think, well, classic MILF next door. Um, yeah. I mean, that is that, I mean, like they make it clear she's got, um, a child, like she's got, she's got, you know, she's got a son, like they don't hide it. They make it clear that she's a mother. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the kind of defining parts of her character is she has yeah. a kid. Oh, just in the. Even in the first four minutes, the um, jogging in the uh, in the you know pedal pusher leggings and the um, scenes with her and the birthday party and she's wearing you know like a like a t shirt and a simple skirt like they and the way they did her makeup and her hair everything says kind of um, domestic middle class suburban mom and she really is very I thought she was very believable as that as that persona she carried it off really well and it's not a kind of thing i yeah. usually not that i think of j-lo a lot <laughs> but it's not the kind of thing i usually think of her doing or being um i was gonna say in these first four minutes obviously you don't get to meet the boy which i know you were disappointed about uh, you know obviously we're hoping to have you back for later minutes so you can really get into the discussion about you know noah and his uh his evidence dungeon yes and, uh, yes and his arms it's, it's, 
Yeah, he's he's carefully labelled JPEGs, which uh, you know, <laughs> uh, which is uh, something which I, I'm I'm looking forward to people discussing. Um, but uh, I mean, also you like you get a brief bit of Vicky, but you don't actually. Um, if I recall, in these first four minutes, you, she mentions school, but she doesn't. She doesn't say she's an English teacher. No, in uh, she. First four minutes, so you don't get. You actually don't get her profession. If you only watch the first four minutes, you think she's just a housewife who's having a bad marriage and who's got a, a kind of bitchy friend who. And I. This is something I don't think you guys really covered that, but which, which is, that move of Vicky to bring up the exact wording in the email. That is harsh. That is that is such oh. a like. If my if I if I was if I was getting divorced from someone and they I don't know how Vicky knows what was in the emails. And I'm 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 assuming that she she commiserated with her with her dear friend Kristen Chenoweth yeah. and showed her showed Vicky you know all those horrible things that uh, that her husband said. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I know guess. why her husband would tell her what I, I guess I guess her husband said things in emails and then she read the emails that her husband wrote to other people but th- that is that is just a weird thing to, I don't know in what sort of erotic or friendly context <laughs> you would tell someone that they smelled like freshly baked cookies that I, that is one of the I mean that's kind of like one of the more memorable lines of these first four minutes I, th- I think uh, that is the memorable yeah. line of the first four minutes that one and of course the the response of referring to her as the San Francisco treat yeah which obviously I had no idea what on earth that was on about because rice aroni is not a thing <laughs> in this country so. have we found uh, that uh, Spencer also didn't know what rice aroni was which <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's, so. I guess even some Americans don't know what what rice aroni is. It was it was, it was a very eighties, early nineties commercial, I think. But it's, it, I, I guess it it fits actually. You know, J Lo and uh, and Kristen Chenoweth's characters that they would know. Like that would be a common piece of pop culture between them. So yeah, they're the right age. In terms definitely. in terms of the writing, that kind of makes sense. That that would be a reference that she would make. I was going to say the 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 Kristen Chenoweth line, her line about the the cookies. Really seem like as a best friend, she considers it her job to to stoke the anger against this cheating husband and to and that this yeah. couple should be apart and she's doing her best to keep that happening. And that the funny thing is in that second minute there is a line which I don't think you guys really covered that much, which is where J Lo says it's over between us and Christian Chenoweth is like, you know, who's us? Yeah, if there's still an us, it's not really over. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think that I think Christian Chenoweth is is the one who is not trying to drive a wedge, but she's trying to remind J Lo every couple of seconds, look this guy cheated on you. Like he might be, you know, Kevin's father, and he might be, you know, a nice guy. He clearly has enough money that they've got that like really nice house. So, like, you know, there are a lot of reasons to stay with him, but she's always reinforcing this one reason of you don't want to stay with him because he cheated on you. And, and and I think that's what Vicky's kind of character is doing, which of course is in terms of foreshadowing. You know, there's a quite. I mean, there's a lot of backstory that you guys got in those first four minutes, but there's also quite a bit of foreshadowing. With the mention of the camping trip, which obviously we know what happens when uh, when J Lo is left alone in the house right. um, because of that camping trip. Well, we have that. We have the engine hanging from the. Oh yeah, yeah. You get the yeah. <laughs> you get Chekhov's engine hanging up there in the barn. Um, but yeah, so like, considering you only got you know really three minutes of screen time, there's a lot of. A lot of backstory was put out there, and a lot of foreshadowing was thrown in at the same time as well. I would say one of the things I really liked, uh, and this is one of the things that made it immediately like a horror movie. Um, oh, I just uh, the line just was, "You were always rooting against us," and Chenoweth is like, yeah. "What us?" 
But uh, one of the things I really liked about uh, the intro was how quickly the backstory was delivered. Yeah. Right, bam, bam, bam! Right away, the very brief flashbacks of kind of maybe somewhat trite um, domestic unrest, and you know the, her closing the door and then leaning up against the the inside of the door. You know, is such a classic scene of um, a horrible fight just ended, uh, and now yeah. the emotions come out. It's it's uh, you know I, I would classic is maybe the wrong word. Trite maybe is a better word, but <laughs> but it's uh, but it was it came so fast and in such flashes, you know, while while she's jogging, uh, it, it, you couldn't get bored by it. No matter how tired it might be, it was delivered so quickly and efficiently. Um, yeah. But also, it made it more like a horror movie because the flashbacks were blue tinted, and we just come from this, you know, horrifying um, credit se- or like intro sequences. That were yeah. clearly very horror movie-ish. I know that like 40-something seconds of logos is quite a lot of logos. <laughs> but I think in this case, it kind of establishes the mood, you know, quite clearly. It did a really and good so... job. I, I would say the first minute or two of movie establishing, and then including the logos and including the actual introduction to the movie, were, again, a very efficiently done, uh, very neatly done. I thought the Bloomhouse logo sequence was... Was really cool. I, we've all decided apparently that little girls are the creepiest things ever, and I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, the well, the, I think that's what um, Sinister One and Sinister Two are based on, isn't it? I think yeah. in Sinister One, it might be a little boy who kills his family. Spoiler alert for Sinister. I was I was thinking of of of, of the Ring and and of uh, I'm, yeah. my nurses are older, but I was thinking of the Ring and um, a little bit of American McGee's Alice because. Uh, which was basically the foundation, I think, for Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Uh, yeah. Though I don't think it was specifically said. But she's wearing that kind of... The little girl in the logo was wearing that sort of uh, Edwardian-ishy, Victorian-ishy dress. Um, like, more like a night dress kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, there, there's like a bow yeah. around it. Like it, like it could be like a for a picnic even. Um, and there's <laughs> yeah. like crinolines underneath, I think, in the in the... I've just got it up now, and I was looking at it a second ago. Yeah. And there's the swinging light bulb and the spinning chair. Like, it's got a lot of neat, like, little standard horror yeah. movie things you'd see in, like, poltergeisty sort of movies. And No, I thought overall, I thought it was interesting. I, I really liked... Uh, people have been talking about um, a potential female gaze in the film. And uh, certainly, I think there is a lot of potential recently for... With movies... Like this, like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which you know is is not um, a story I like for a plethora of reasons, but none have none of them have to do with with uh, with a um, more focus on a female gaze or potential for a female gaze. Um, I think that's uh, a great thing uh, if if it yeah. is actually coming to be, and um, you know I think it's very clear that we are supposed to be looking at JLo and um, and enjoying looking at JLo. There is something to it that we are supposed to be, I think, more in her head and from her perspective. Um, and I thought the film actually did a pretty good job of that, of bringing her concerns, you know, and her character to life and making us care about them. I, I, yeah. I gave a crap about JLo's character in this movie. Uh, <laughs> And I wasn't expecting to. There's a few brief scenes that don't have JLo in, like the you know the trip to the hardware store, which is coming up next week. Right. So, uh, some of the school scenes. 
Yeah, there's a couple of the school scenes, and um, obviously, you know, when the when Garrett and uh, Kevin are, are nearly in the, the car crash. Um, but other than that, it's mostly and, and when Vicky's being tortured, obviously. Um, right. But mostly, J Lo is on screen in almost every scene, and if and if a scene is 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 kind of being told, it's usually from her perspective. Yeah. So so even when you have coming up in a couple of weeks' time, we've got like the the the, the first time where. Um, Noah comes over for for like a meal, and they and they get into the um, into the Iliad. You got to read, bro. You got to read the Iliad. Um, <laughs> they get it. They when they get into that whole conversation, like the enthusiasm that she has, you know, for the classics or or whatever. In that scene, you have you have Vicky and, and Kevin off to one side, kind of being a bit snarky about how enthusiastic like J Lo is about her, her teaching, but it's mostly shown through the point of view of J Lo likes teaching this stuff. She's really enthusiastic about it, and that's kind of how Noah kind of hooks himself into what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining uh, her husband is is a computer guy. I, I will say, I say this as someone who is a who is a graduate student at a STEM-focused university. <laughs> so I'm imagining <laughs> her husband is this, you know, is this techie guy, uh, and, and her kid isn't necessarily into literature either. But here's someone who comes along who values the things that she values and wants to talk about. And for, for I will say, kind of wrong-headed, but kind of worthy to discuss reasons. Like what he says about, about Achilles. I, I'm, so I, my little bit of my background, my, my BA is in classics. What, what he says about Achilles and about just sort of like letting letting your feelings go and not, you know, not trying to control your feelings, but just like inhabiting them and being them. And like, it's not entirely off. I mean, that's, he, he has a little bit of a handle on, on the character and on the yeah. book, you know, on the, on the, on the narrative that I can see why she's, you know, Hey, here's a kid who's, you know, pretty young. Almost 20, we're told. So I, I will say one of the, one of the cool things I liked about it was was that it actually kept the classical theme going. You know, his his yeah. his computer, the files are, I think, in like a, a folder marked Achilles. Um, yeah. He really does idolize that character and tries to uh, embody something which I think is not one of the more positive parts of that character, but is like, it's there in the <laughs> in the actual text. It's there. Um, yeah. I thought that I think was it's really funny. cool. I think it's funny because... Um... I mean, you would assume, like, obviously, her her being a classics teacher at a high school is an idiotic setup. Um, yes, that does not there, happen. Only, that's, only that's a really rich for, high school. Yeah, only there for the purpose With a boxing of. Ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only there for the purpose of having this theme of of this character who you know idolizes this, this classics thing. But yeah. importantly, like, uh, you know, the, the, let's put it like this: like, they set up quite quickly that her marriage is on the outs. She's not happy. And this kid comes in with an enthusiasm for something that she has an enthusiasm for. Yes, exactly. And it's not just that he spends, you know, a portion of the film shirtless or she can see directly into his bedroom. And he, you know, he obviously knows that because he spends quite a lot of time slowly taking his clothes off in front of an open window. Like, it's not just that she finds him attractive. And Ryan Guzman is, you know... As Zoolander might say, ridiculously good looking. He's a good looking. He's a good looking kid. Yeah. But if it was just that, I don't think this film would be as fun as it is because you know the idea of you know like you know a cougar and a younger guy doing something 
that's that's not particularly an interesting story but they obviously put the, on top of this this weird layer about the classics but also the fact that he has this interest with her that obviously her husband doesn't have as we said her son doesn't have vicky <laughs> who is who is meant to be the you know the deputy head so you assume she you know the deputy uh, principal or whatever so you assume right. she's She's got a grounding in some kind of educational background. She doesn't seem to give a shit about education. You know, like, she doesn't care about J-Lo's class. Because in that scene where they first start talking about it, like, she's sitting to the side with Kevin going, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. Who, who cares? And I think the fact that she's got that kind of indifference from everyone around her, and I'm going to say possibly her students. Like, see, if I, she's in a class, if she's in a class with 20 kids, we never actually see her teach, you know. Um, but if she's in a class with 20 kids, like... Maybe there's one or two who are a bit engaged, but I'm going to bet you there's, you know, 18 kids who really don't want to be there, but they're just, they're there because they right. have to be. It's English class or classics class or whatever it is, and it's a requirement for their for their junior or senior year. Yeah. And uh, and so they they have to be there. Um, yeah. So so I, I so I think that, that that element also plays in where you know that when she's teaching she's probably getting none of this enthusiasm and and I think that's like that's just an interesting thing that obviously you know leads to <laughs> leads her down the like a, a bad path but it's a, it's an interesting thing to kind of put into a film that is essentially just meant to be like a pot boiler one of the things I like about the way the camera uh interacts with JLo is like when she is discovering things about Noah so, like, when she finds – there's a point where she finds, like, cameras around her house. Yeah. Uh, and the way the camera kind of, like, zooms in where she's looking, even though the camera's not from her perspective. We're not getting a POV shot. It zooms in where she's looking. Uh, uh, we see her face in, like, a clock at one point, I think, as she yeah. finds a camera and a clock. And the camera, like, zooms in on the clock when she sees it. Um you know, it it could take a, a wider shot and watch her make a discovery, and then we're watching her. But it really tries to, while filming her, also kind of show things the way she sees them. I, I really liked that. I thought I thought it was reasonably cleverly directed, and and uh, <laughs> that sounds like faint praise. I th I thought it was I thought it was well directed as a sort of yeah. like, you know, probably very very quickly made, um, like you said, pot boiler. Um, yeah. you know, cleverly and, done and, and 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 with some fun. Yeah, and I think in the next in the next kind of um, you know, looking ahead to next week, we get into the point where we actually meet uh, Noah, and we we see him. We're introduced to him from her point of view. They don't set him up immediately as a villain. You know, he's set up a little bit as a kind of a good guy. Yeah, uh, he's he's and, a, he's know. a kind of. Uh, a little bit of a protector and a, and a, and a helper and who's also been uh, made to be a little bit vulnerable. You know, we hear from his, it's his, like his uncle or great uncle or I something. Think it's his great uncle. His great uncle. Yeah. yeah. Stanley. Uh, yes. I think are the, are in the, in the, in the chair. Yeah. Who, who says, yeah. you know, he was in a, he was like in a coma or something for a while. He was very sick and uh, he's come back from that. So here's a guy who's been in a vulnerable place um, and, and who, uh, you know, yeah, comes in to, to help and assist. He's not immediately leering at her and making rude comments that comes later in the other very <laughs> memorable lines about, about how wet it was. Yeah. Thank you very much, Park, for joining me. 
uh, I hope that you enjoyed your first uh, foray into podcasting about a Jennifer Lopez film. I did. Um, <laughs> and uh, I know that we're going to have you back for some minutes later on. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from you on those minutes. As as a as a advertisement for Jennifer Lopez, the film did a great job. Uh, thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, now we've got this week coming up minutes five, six, seven, and eight. We finally meet the boy who's now living next door. Uh, we get to meet his great uncle, and we get to see how much of a wimp Kevin is. Um, even even a simple trip to the hardware store to buy a clutch for the garage turns into a complete and total disaster for Kevin. Um, so we hope we'll, you'll listen to those. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. This is a first edition?